Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It's Wednesday, time for The List and your boy, and it's a big week. We got a lot to talk about. Ric Flair's health, Baron Corbin's cash-in. It's SummerSlam and NXT weekend. Of course, Fightful.com has you covered for all the fun that's going to be going down this weekend. Also, head over to our Fightful.com forums. Jimmy Van has a contest that he's running for... uh, the Fightful Forums, over on the WWE section where you can win a Ric Flair Defining Moments action figure. Head over there, got to register, join our wonderful community. Jimmy, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I was telling you off the air, and I always love taking everything off the air and putting it on the air, how uh, uh-huh. last, last week's show, there were a couple of guys on YouTube that were shitting on me. And they were uh, saying that I was kind of... doesn't sound sanitary. Well, <laughs> literally speaking. Literally speaking. I love... I, I still love that Nigel's here with the, with the laugh. Yeah. It's good. Great. But no, but they were they were kind of shitting on me saying that I was kind of pushing my weight around with you and, and showing my authority, quote unquote. And I quite frankly don't know what I did on the show to give that reaction. I don't know what I did. So I was like, I, I, I don't think I can win, Sean, regardless. I don't think I can win. You know? I didn't see this, That's and I can't is. wait to go back and look at the comments. Although, right. I will say, I love Nigel being there as well, mm-hmm. because it reaffirms how hilarious I am when you no-sell my jokes. <laughs> right, right. So, I can I can be like, like normally I'm like, damn, did that one fall flat? No, it was just Jimmy. It was just Jimmy. Let's see. Let's see what kind of comments we have here. You and never... I don't want to encourage trollish behavior, because I was told today that I needed to go back to Canada, so... Alex could host the SmackDown show. Who told you that? Uh, somebody on YouTube. Okay, okay. I just said thank you for the support. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Ooh, man. Wow. This comment is great. It's good. 
Another what? good show, but another week of Jimmy Van trying to measure his pecker over dumb shit. Yeah. He needs to keep SRS in line. Yeah. Nothing says good job on a story like bitching about YouTube trolls getting a voice. Oh, is that what it was? So That's how YouTube works, Jimmy. I got to say, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, because I told you to stop deleting YouTube comments and you said, well, the user could do it or something like that. Remember? Like, but uh, that was something like that. Solid, solid comment, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know that, that that happened last week or anything. That's all just, right. That's yeah. all right. I've come to learn you can't win in these situations because, you know, the quote-unquote authority figure has got to be the heel anyway, right? So yeah, I guess. I don't win. know. I, people call me heel SRS now, Jimmy. I've heard. I've heard. Russo even said that about you. Yeah, right? when he hears about it, I mean, this talk about a guy who's completely unplugged. Right. We could yes. do an hour of just trashing him, and he would maybe never hear about it. Agreed. But, yeah. like, he's heard about that, so. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So should we start with uh, the Nature Boy? Rick yeah, Flair? I want to talk about that. Obviously, you had the scoop on a lot of this this week. Uh, tell me what you've heard, and, you know, obviously, I don't want to get anybody in trouble about, like, how maybe you heard, but yeah, yeah. Uh, just what you've heard so far about Flair. Okay, I want to say a couple things first. Uh, the first thing I want to say, because I told Sean that uh, off camera, when it comes to wrestling journalism, um, I think it's cool if a you know reputable journalist is wrong about you know who's debuting when and the finish of a match and something like that. But I think when you don't get your facts straight on somebody whose life is in jeopardy, uh, I got to question that a little bit. Uh, the yeah. first, the, the first thing I want to say here is I, I do not consider myself to be a wrestling reporter, quote unquote. There was a time in my life when I did, as you know, when I used to run my own site, and just like you now, I had contacts at the various companies of the time, uh, and I did that full time. But my life went in a different direction, as you know, and uh, as ha- as happens in life, sometimes I lost touch with a lot of those people, and the people that I know now, um, the ones that I still you know communicate with now, it's pretty much on a friendship level. And so usually, even if I am told something wrestling-related, I just tend not to mention it, uh, especially if I'm asked not to. In this particular situation, I was told on Monday morning by, a, 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 as we now know, a legitimate source, but I knew it was a legitimate source. I was told Monday morning that Rick was in a medically-induced coma, and I chose to report on it on Twitter for a few reasons. The first reason was that uh, it was already out there that he was in the hospital. Uh, it was already known he was in ICU situation with him and so I didn't have to worry about Charlotte reading a retweet of a reading like that she knew what was going on uh, and the third thing was it was Ric Flair you know he's, he's arguably the greatest all-around performer ever and a lot of people were concerned about his well-being and continue to be concerned about his well-being and so that's why I uh, felt the need to, to report what I had heard and it ended up blowing up uh, you know a fair bit and now we've heard different stories as the days have passed um, one thing I want to add, you and I have spoken a lot, Sean, over the weeks, you know, over the last several weeks about how Fightful is a new uh, site still and how we don't often get credit for stories that we break. And I know the Ronda Rousey story that you broke, that she was training with Brian Kendrick, uh, a lot of uh, uh, other sites picked it up, but they would either say, you know, there are reports and they wouldn't say it came from Fightful. Or if they did say it came from FIFO, they would question the authenticity of it and they would question how reputable we are because we're new, right? With this Ric Flair story, a couple of people actually hit me up on on Twitter and said, I really hope when this goes viral that you get the credit and I really hope that, you know, people, whatever. 
I didn't care about that with this story at all. Uh, and as a matter of fact, a few hours after I reported the thing about the coma, TMZ picked it up and everybody credited TMZ. And I didn't care because, quite frankly, it's a story I'd rather not have to talk about to begin with, right? Yeah. So, um, but leading into that, um, you know, there were a lot of stories, uh, including today, stories about how Rick had colon surgery for a blocked colon. I think Dave Meltzer reported on that. Uh, so other people have said that he was admitted for heart issues. From the very beginning, uh, I did not mention heart issues. I did not mention a colon surgery because I was never told that. I was told it was a bacterial infection, and I was told that it had something to do with alcohol-related issues, uh, and that he was uh, still in critical condition, but that he was improving, and they were optimistic he was going to pull through. That's all I heard, and as you know, in, in the world of medicine, things can change very quickly, so what I heard on Monday might not necessarily be accurate now, but that's what I had heard, uh, including post-surgery. I heard that he was improving and all that kind of stuff, and I wanted to mention this because a lot of people today, I noticed, are kind of crapping on Dave Meltzer because of the colon surgery thing. Um, and I don't, I, you know, yes, he should have had his sources right, especially with a story this serious. He should make sure that he's got his sources right. But at the same time, he's a legend in this business. He's done so many things for this business. Uh, you and I might not be here doing what we're doing if it wasn't for Dave Meltzer. And so, point. right. So I feel like at the same time, yes, he should have done maybe proper uh, checks, but he's done a lot of good too, right? So I, I think getting shit on is not really justified in his case. But that's the latest I've heard. So I heard it was a bacterial infection. I heard it was somehow related to alcohol-related uh, issues. I heard he was still in critical condition, but that he was improving. And that's the last I heard about it. Yeah, I could go on all day about wrestling and journalism. But, I mean, as it pertains to the Ric Flair thing, that was something that you established not only to me, but you established to our team, too. Like, when they were like, hey, any exclusive content should we – slap this is exclusive they're not that familiar with wrestling journalism and you're like no that type of thing isn't that important to me right i want rick flair to get better as you and i were saying off the air uh he's lived like 10 lives absolutely he and he's lived them all heavy like you know what i was i was saying you know my business partner luke now i was saying to him the other day because he knows wrestling a bit he knows who rick flair is and I said to him, if you, he's, Luke is like 42. I said to him, if you could go back to when you were 21 and if you could live like Ric Flair for 40 years, but you're going to, and I shouldn't say this because he's still alive and he, and he could pull through. But I said, if you could live 40 years like he did and pass at 68, would you do it? And Luke said, honestly, I, I would consider it because yeah. he's lived a hell of a life, Ric Flair. Hey, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm holding out hope that science can just advance us to the point to where we don't die anymore. Yeah, then we're going to be overpopulated. Eh, no, the, you can you can like get injected with some stuff where you can't have a kid if you choose to do that. I'm sure <laughs> there, there's a way to do it. I'm sure there's a movie to be made about that. But uh, Demolition Man, where you're like having sex from across the room. I mean, I've is that, seen, is that... I'm, I'm going to have to watch Demolition Movie. You Man. haven't seen Demolition Man before? I never. I didn't get to. There are a lot of movies I like. I got to watch. Have you ever seen Demolition Man, Sean? Or uh, Nigel? I'm honest with no, you, Nigel. I like, so let me tell you a funny a story. Not that I want to go off the restore, the Flair story too much because I want to reel it back in in a minute. But Demolition Man came out in something like 1990 or the early 90s, and it's got Stallone and Wesley Snipes in it, right? There are things in that movie because that movie was supposedly about the future, right? There are things in that movie that now exist because society, in a lot of ways, is turning to shit. Yeah. Uh, and I'll give you an example. In that movie, nobody would shake hands or high five 
because of bacteria and stuff. They were afraid about bacteria. So in that movie, you would go for a, like a high five, but then you would stop here, and then yeah. they and then they would go like this, right? Oh wow! <laughs> there have been stories because because uh, again, my my business partner Luke finds a lot of this stuff. There have been stories where there are certain schools now where they do shadow tag because they don't want the kids touching the other kids because it could be wrong. So now they do shadow tag instead, where they have to basically oh, step they're, right. There's soccer without a ball. Right? There you go. Weird. There you go. Like, it's like, <laughs> soccer is, I like soccer because people of any background, any financial background can play that. All you need is a ball. Right. That's it. Right. And they're, <laughs> they're making it, uh, it's, 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 it's just weird. But yeah, as, as far as Fightful being a new site and all that stuff, I'm seeing a lot more of our stuff on Reddit. That's good. Yep. Uh, I'm seeing when people say, are these guys reputable? People will almost unanimously run there and say yes they are i'm very proud of our 100 accuracy when it comes to our exclusive stories yeah and um, i want to i want to tell you something about this morning just because you know one thing that irritates me a little bit uh is when people try to utilize a story to put themselves over and mm-hmm. something happened this morning and you know what i'm talking about so wendy barlow who is rick's fiance uh yeah. posted an update on facebook and I think it was only available to friends and family because I know Carlos tried to find it and he couldn't. Uh, and I had it. And so what happened was, I think she, she posted that at like 8 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time. A major wrestling news site, and I'm not going to say who they are, but a major wrestling news site at like 9 a.m. this morning posted a Ric Flair update. And they claimed that it was, you know, sources that they know close to the situation. The stuff they posted very clearly came from Wendy's Facebook post. Very obviously yeah. came from Wendy's Facebook post. Uh, and that's why when I saw their post at 9 a.m., I hit you up and I said, Sean, I want you to post Wendy's Facebook post on Fightful because that's clearly where they got the information and they're just trying to put yes. themselves over by not saying so. Sure. So uh, that's why I was like, just post the Facebook thing, let everybody see exactly what she said. And that's uh, that's kind of where that came about. Yeah, I'm hoping that, that Ric Flair pulls through. I can't, you know, it's – can't imagine how Charlotte felt having to fly from China yeah. home. For all that stuff, to a really rough situation, and we're wishing him the best. Also, guys, uh, we're going to have that SummerSlam coverage this weekend. Doesn't look like Charlotte's going to be a part of it. You think this had anything to do with that, or do you think that she wasn't in the plans to begin with? No, I, th- I think she would have been in some capacity. I think this. I, I mean, I think at this point, you know, she doesn't really care, and the company doesn't really care because she's got other stuff to worry about. Uh, I also, you know, one thing that's kind of irritated me a little bit, not with FIFO, but just in general, a lot of people, it's almost like they're already uh, posting his eulogy because a lot of people have been writing like that and a lot of people have been doing podcasts talking about him in that way. And that really irritates me because the man is alive, right? So to be talking about, you know, my favorite Ric Flair story and and making like he's passed Mm -hmm. is irritating to me. Hey, Um, instead, I'm posting music videos of the guy. There you go. There you go. That's what I want. I mean, he, I want you know, people, I, I know. to listen to Custom Made over and over again. <laughs> I know people close to him, uh, and I've heard nothing but good things about Ric Flair. I mean, obviously, we know the stories about his money issues and all that stuff, but he actually, for my business partner Luke's wedding, Rick sent Luke a video uh, of him and Wendy oh, wow. w- wishing him well in his wedding and stuff like that. Like, he's, he's a classy guy, so I hope he pulls through. And to his credit, even though he's uh, an older gentleman, from what I've heard, his cardio was still on point, like even a few years yeah. ago, you know? So he, he kept himself in pretty good condition, especially for his age. 
So. Guys, before before we move on, I want to tell you all, check out yesterday's Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Uh, myself and Showdown Joe not only showed you the Pauly Malinagi, Conor McGregor sparring footage, but we broke it down as well. Heavy talk on that. We talked Bellator, Tito Ortiz saying he's going to come back again. Matt Hughes' physical improvement, another guy who's been battling. He got hit by a train, y'all. A train. Do you know if that was intentional? Have they found that out yet? Nope. Uh, well... From what it seems, uh, what what has been surmised is that it was like a coal train, and he knew if I don't get across this, it's going to be like it's five mile train essentially. Okay, okay, okay. We also had Frank Trigg on the show. We talked GSP, Rashad Evans' future, Daniel Cormier, John Jones, Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Go check it out. You guys will absolutely love it. Also, uh, of course, we have that big coverage for Mayweather versus McGregor. On August 26th, it'll be myself, Showdown Joe, and uh, lead boxing writer Carlos Toro, who will be covering the event for us. It's going to be a big night, Jimmy. A big, big night. Yeah, SummerSlam's going to be a fun show. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, even though uh, Brock Lesnar is scheduled to be at Barclays Center on Monday. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. And I've had so many people trying to rationalize that, like, well, we don't know. We don't know. It might be him saying bye. Yeah, Brock Lesnar seems like the kind of guy to go out there and do the princess wave. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you know what it could be in theory, and I, I told you this. It could always be one of these things where they announce it now, but then if he loses, then he's not there because of the stipulation. I mean, it could be that. Well, they pulled but the tweet. They did, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I think made things even worse. It did make things worse. Absolutely. Because and there were a lot of people saying to me stuff like, well, they advertised Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar uh, for the Universal title, and then yeah. they still had it without the title. And I'm like, okay, were either one of those men booked in a Loser Leaves Town match yeah. before that? No, they weren't. Like, so I want to I tell Nigel this quick because Nigel loves stupid shit. So uh, <laughs> WWE is going to be at Barclays in Brooklyn four nights in a row, right? Okay. Uh, Sunday is the big show with uh, SummerSlam, and, and Brock Lesnar's stipulation is that if he loses his match, he has to leave the company. That's on that's on Sunday, right? Okay. Barclays has announced that on Monday he's going to be at Raw. And so everybody's like, well, thanks very much for just killing the, uh, the match. Wow. Yeah, that's what happened. But we'll see what happens. A bit anticlimactic. Yes, indeed. <laughs> potentially, potentially. In one of the most highly anticipated WWE title matches, I think, in recent memory. I'm still looking forward to it, and, and I, I couldn't help but notice on Monday that Roman took a back seat, man. That was all about Braun and Brock, you know? So Roman Reigns, I think, okay, almost in the Triple H spot where he's not the guy, but he's like, Two or three? Yeah. Ooh, I think that's where Roman Reigns' money is to be made because he is he is way better than anybody could give him credit for. I really wanted to do like a sit-down video explaining to non-fans the mm-hmm. history of Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of all people that I showed this weekend, my grandmother is a Braun Strowman fan. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. showed my cousin and my grandmother footage of Braun Strowman, and they love him. Yeah. They think that he's great. They're like... Wait, he just shows up and tears shit up? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's his whole deal. <laughs> and you know like, what? Wow. Roman Reigns, you got to give Roman Reigns respect because he put Braun on the map. He did. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Braun, Braun Strowman is not who he is right now without Roman Reigns. Absolutely. And without Roman Reigns being the polarizing character that he is. 100%. Braun, Braun was, you know, just wrestling scrubs every week until he suddenly was in there with Roman. I mean, he was definitely the guy that... And, and let's be honest, if you put anybody else in that spot, if that was Dean Ambrose, it doesn't mean shit. 
mm-hmm. to Dean Ambrose, right? It took it took Roman Reigns to get him where he is. So, absolutely. Also, yeah. that guy behind you put him on the map as well. Really, Virgil put him on the map. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but my, you're my right. You're my right. grandmother were like. Well, like what, looking at this guy, and they're like, "Wow, he's like the size of the mountain from Game of Thrones." And I don't know what I don't know anything about Game of Thrones, but I know how big the mountain is. Well, he is the mountain among Mengshan. That's true. So, son of a bitch. So let me ask you this: So on Raw on Monday, um, WWE gave away two SummerSlam matches for free. Do you really drink with your pinky out? Is that legit? I do on this show. Okay, so that's not real. You just kind of pull it out for the show. <laughs> okay uh, So anyway Raw on Monday They gave away Two SummerSlam matches For free in advance Neville and Tazawa For the Cruiserweight title Finn Balor And Bray Wyatt Question number one What did you think Of that strategy Of them giving away Two matches for free Which are still Going to take place At SummerSlam Well I mean They ki- Well they also Kind of gave one away On Smackdown In a way New Day versus Usos well, It's going to be A different but- pairing right yeah, but I, I liked that mentality oh. of where they beat the one guy who wasn't going to be in the match. Right. Neville and Tazawa. Normally, I would say, man, I don't know if that's the guy to beat Neville, but Akira Tazawa has exceeded all expectations that I think they've had. He's gotten over. Yeah. Titus Worldwide has gotten over. There is so much that Akira Tazawa gets that right. a lot of people don't get. Like he He understands that stupid, short catchphrases get over very well repetitive catchphrases he, he got one he made it work there's this funny clip that i saw a while back and it was recently like reposted on twitter of akira tozawa on the indies and it was like his opponent called i think velvet sky up to the ring apron to give him a kiss on the cheek or whatever it was to like just be a, a dick heel mm-hmm. so akira tozawa has dean ambrose in his corner and he's like dean get up here kiss me on the cheek to try to mess like he gets he gets the comedy aspect mm-hmm, he gets mm-hmm. the the realistic aspect he gets the dramatic aspect he gets the entertainment aspect Akira Tozawa is a really good piece of that uh cruiserweight division I think he's way better than Austin Aries ever thought about being in that division uh more interesting so I'm gonna reserve judgment as I will with a lot of the things that happened on Raw and Smackdown this week right. until after SummerSlam and see the direction that they go I think the pairing of him and, and Titus was, was brilliant uh, because it helps separate him from the rest of the cruiserweights by giving them a quote-unquote manager. And I think, his, like you said, his facial expressions and his presence. And the only thing that I, that I didn't like about that match, and this is me nitpicking, and it's, it's really nitpicking, was the fact that it took him about 23 minutes to get to the top rope to drop his finisher. That irritated mm-hmm. me a bit. Um, it's one thing to, you know, I don't, I don't know if he was selling his injury or if he was just building up the, the dramatics, but it took him forever to get up there. But aside from that, uh, the crowd took to it. I, I think he's great. I think he's good. Now, uh, where there was a positive in that, there was a less than positive with Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. What yeah. the hell? What the hell was that debacle on Raw? What, 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 what was that, Sean? I don't like Bray Wyatt as a character. You know how we heard for years that Vince McMahon, what he used to do, and maybe he still does when it comes to WrestleMania, he would have the matches set for Mania, and then he would work backwards, right? Mm-hmm. And they said that's what they that's what they used to do. It seemed pretty clear to me that their end game here was to get the demon at SummerSlam, right? 
That was their end game. So they knew they wanted to do that, and then they had to work backwards. And it seemed to me like, you know, here we were. It was time for Raw, and they were coming up empty. That's what it came off as. They knew they want the Demon at SummerSlam, but they're coming up empty. And somebody decided, let's gangrail Finn Balor, uh, which, number one, made no sense because Bray's never done that before. Never, number one. Number two, did he have to beat him clean in the middle in order to get to that point? That made no sense. Number three, did Finn Balor have to roll around the mat like a frightened deer after after he poured the stuff on him? That's what he did, Nigel. He rolled around the mat like a frightened deer. He did. After after he poured the stuff on him, which made Finn Balor... We have Finn lots Balor, of deer here, I can confirm. Yeah, he rolled around like a frightened deer. The whole thing was ludicrous. Uh, and uh, I think it was Anna Bauer that even said... I think she posted a picture of him, you know, like with the fake blood on him, that she said, clearly, whatever word she used, the demonic side of him is going to come out. Because it was obvious. That's what yes. they were going to do. He looked like the demon when he had that stuff on him. Right? So I found it sloppy. I found it lazy. Uh, nonsensical to have Finn lose clean. Because now if Finn wins at SummerSlam, so what? They're 50-50 again. Right? I mean, you said it, man. Uh <sighs> Bray's not a good character. He hasn't been delivering in the ring. Finn, I mean, there were from our we had a live event correspondent who said there were pockets of this is boring chance during the match, and it really? wasn't a long match. Yeah, really. I mean, you know what? But, Bray used to be a good character. I used to I used to like Bray a year ago. I liked him a lot more right? as the deliverance guy than I do as right. the audio as the audio visual student who <laughs> moonlights in bad art projects. He's basically like, Nigel in a wrestling ring, is what he is. <laughs> Because Nigel can do that shit. He can get a projector going with flies on the canvas and stuff like that. Yeah, are you going to start cu- start cutting promos on me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like have him do some goofy shit? That would be fun. But, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't good. And Finn Balor, like, I don't see the giant support that I saw for Finn Balor ahead of last year's SummerSlam. Agreed. And last year's SummerSlam, maybe it's because he's new. Maybe it's because... I, I don't know, but I, I don't see it there. They're... No, I agree. I mean, they they just haven't handled him very well. All he does is come out with the jacket and push the things on, pull the things on the jacket out, and he just does the same thing every week. I mean, like what? I think that Anderson and Gallows could have given him some personality, could have brought his personality out. Yeah, whether face or heel, all parties would have benefited from that. Finn, Anderson, Gallows, and WWE all would have helped. I think sometimes it'd be more entertaining to watch Finn build uh, Lego structures in the ring. Yeah. Just so you know, uh, Nigel, because Nigel's laughing and he doesn't know why. So Finn Balor is a Lego maniac. Oh, okay. And he's he has them all over his apartment and stuff like that. So maybe they could just have him do that. Have him build a, a Millennium Falcon on Raw on Monday night. Yeah? Might not be a bad idea. All right, do you want to go to the first? Uh, do you want, I, I forget what one we're doing first, Sean. Do you want to set it up? Oh, okay. I thought we were – gosh, I lost track of time. I know. I spoke to one Vincent, I think. I don't know what the hell his middle name is. James? James, maybe? that's right. That's James. Right. Vincent James Russo recently. And, of course, I'm a big proponent of hearing him talk about the Attitude Era, old stories and stuff. One of the first things I asked him was about the logistics of getting some of the vehicles – into the into the arena, into the ringside. So here's Vince Russo. You know I'm sexy. And then you know I'm sexy boy. I'm sexy boy. 
It, it wasn't like an unusual scene to see Stone Cold Steve Austin driving something to the ring. We saw trucks. We saw beer trucks. We saw Zambonis. What were the logistical effects in making some of that happen? Because as, as we saw with like the Zamboni one time, it dragged a lighting grid across the backstage area. You know, Sean, that's where like so many people are so freaking misguided and like, you know, they'll they'll say, oh, you know, my only success was at the WWE because, you know, Vince McMahon was the filter. You know, you'll hear that over and over. Bro, that has nothing to do with it. What what people don't understand, because a lot of people don't understand the freaking business and the structure and how it works. When I was a writer for the WWE, bro, we could write anything. We could write anything into the show, whatever we envisioned in our minds, and it would happen. We knew that we had the production team, Kevin Dunn, the director. It would happen. Whatever we wrote, whatever the expense was, there were no boundaries, bro. If we needed a Vince McMahon sports car to get filled up with cement, we wrote it down and knew it was going to happen. That has to do with money, bro, and also, you know, people there that got the job done. That was the beauty at the WWE. Bro, once I went to WCW and once I went to TNA, as I'm writing the show and I'm getting these ideas in my mind, I'm already editing myself because I know they won't be able to pull it off. I I know that, number one, they don't have the finances. Number two, they don't have the people in place that are going to be able to get what is required. So in my mind, if I thought of something, I'd go through the process. Nah, they're not going to be able to do it. They're not going to be able to afford it. They're not going to be able to find it. So we would eliminate it. Bro, at the WWE, you could write freaking anything, and it would happen. That was the beauty of it, man. How many vehicles did you guys destroy? Like Lincoln, Lincoln Continentals and Corvettes? Like, bro, you how, know, how does Sean? You, do you have know? to clear that with the venue when you go in there and you pour cement into a Corvette. Oh yeah, of course you do, bro. But I'm sure there was a lot of payola too, you know, because we yeah. were never we were never denied anything, bro. Fire marshals, nothing, and I didn't get involved in that. But we were never denied anything. But, bro, you'll love this story because, again, a lot of people – these are the fun things, Sean, nobody talks about. This is why, why I like doing your show because you uncover these things that are so freaking interesting if, I, if I'm a fan. Bro, do you know how many times Steve Lombardi was usually the guy would freaking rent the car, bro – and oh, get no. the insurance on the car from Hertz, National, whatever car dealer, knowing we were going to wreck the car, bro. He would. Have you get- ever seen? Have you ever seen the movie Jackass? Yeah, where Johnny Knoxville yeah, yeah, yeah. rents yeah, the exactly. car and does the demolition yes. derby. Bro, we did that, and then freaking Steve Lombardi would have to return the car, and he'd have. <laughs> know what happened i i i parked it and i came out and this is what it looked like i mean bro those are the things like that i look back on and i'm like how the freak like can you imagine bro but like those are the things that like nobody talks about which which really are the funny things about the business bro i can't tell you how many rental cars in my day the wwe we went through i i would say easily two dozen rental cars bro easily Steve Lombardi seems like the kind of guy that's like, yeah, I'll go to jail for WWE. Exactly. I don't care. Him, him and Harvey. I got I to gotta give Harvey Whippleman credit. Both of those guys, bro, would have done anything for the company. 
And w- which leads me to the That's... fact, bro, like, h- how is Steve Lombardi, Lombardi not in the WWE Hall of Fame? Like, oh, yeah, you oh, mentioned... oh yeah, yeah, it's oh, crazy, right? Oh, he really going by a one and loss record? Like, seriously, bro, the guy did so much for that company. It's unbelievable, man. Well, if we're going by win and loss record, Ric Flair will be the first one to tell you he probably shouldn't be in. Like, he shouldn't be in because his joke is that the only matches he ever won were his title matches. Right, right, right. Yeah. A couple of the, the infamous spots with that Titantron. There was one where Draws pushes Hawk off the Titantron. And right. I am an admitted Draws fan. I love, I like this look. I like that he was in LOD. I thought he fit really well. Uh, how do you all pull off something like that where you're pushing a guy who in Hawk, who I think was near 40 at that point off of a Titan Tron all the way down. Does he have like a crash pad down there? Oh Ooh. yeah, no, absolutely, bro. I mean, you know, bro, he, he's a, he's a, another thing. You bring up another thing, Sean, a lot of people never freaking talk about, bro. A lot of times when we would do these crazy stunts, Vince McMahon would volunteer to try it first, bro. Because he wanted to make sure it was safe and nobody got freaking hurt. Bro, I'll never forget. Remember that zip line at WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels? Yeah. What WrestleMania was that, bro? WrestleMania 12 in Anaheim. Vince did that during the day. Yeah, Vince, I saw the video of that. <laughs> yeah, Vince did it first. Bro, I can remember another incident, bro. Remember when the Outlaws pushed Mick and uh, Terry Funk off the stage in the dumpster? Yeah. Vince wanted to do that. And Vince was oh. demanding it, and we we like we shut him down to protect him. But I mean, bro, so much time and planning went into something that was going to be a stunt. You know, people were brought in to make sure it was going to be done safe, and 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 everybody was really well protected. So, Jimmy, sometimes that freedom can backfire, like when WWE plans a giant celebration flies a bunch of dancers and singers into Providence, Rhode Island, and they're all there to kind of encourage you to boo a guy because of what he looks like the weekend after a major political shitstorm. Yeah, I was, yep. I want to ask you first, do you know who Jimmy Miranda is? I know the name. So Jimmy Miranda was the uh, merchandise guy for WWE for something like, something like 20 years. And he passed, uh, he was young, he was like 40 years old when he passed away. And the Ultimate Warrior, when he suggested the Warrior Award, uh, he wanted to call it the Jimmy Miranda Award, and he wanted it to be for backstage employees. And of course, WWE, because it's all marketing for them, the Hall of Fame is just marketing. And so they created the Warrior Award, and they kind of just used it for the philanthropy aspect, as opposed to uh, backstage people. Lombardi, 100%. Should be in how in what world is Drew Carey in the Hall of Fame and Steve Lombardi isn't? How does that make any sense? Nigel's chuckling because it's so ludicrous. And Drew Carey, just so you know, Nigel, Drew Carey did one event. Seriously? Yes, and they put him, and, and you know why they put him in the Hall of Fame? Why? Because he had a game show at the time, and they had a marketing deal with his production company, where whereby you know if you put him in the Hall of Fame kind of thing, help promote the game, and I don't know what WWE got out of it, but I guess Drew Carey's involvement. Is what they got out of it. But anyway, going back to that other thing. So uh, I would love Nigel's opinion on this. You're half Trinidadian, right? Yeah, my dad's from Trinidad. Which is not Indian per se, but it's West Indian. Yeah. Um, so WWE on uh, Tuesday. So this week, uh, India is celebrating their Independence Day. Yeah. 
And uh, SmackDown this week, Jinder Mahal, who is their Canadian uh, slash Indian <laughs> Indian wrestling champion, he uh, he did a Independence Day celebration, and like Sean said, they had dancers and they had a who appeared to be a sweet old genuine lady trying to perform. I don't know if it was the national anthem of India or what it was, but she was trying to yes. sing a song. And they're live in Providence, Rhode Island, and she got booed to death by the crowd. Wow. Um, and it turned into a storyline, essentially, where the good guy, Shinsuke Nakamura, came out and became a storyline. What was your thoughts on ja- that? Japanese first? guy. Japanese guy, right. He was a Japanese guy, right. But he was an Indian, Sean. So, you know. So, uh, Sean, what did you think about that? I thought a lot of it was unfortunate because, as, as Anna said... They really needed to read the room, but this had been planned for weeks. Like this, this obviously isn't the type of thing that they put together over the weekend, right? And I, I when I spoke to someone, they said, "Yeah, this was this was planned for a little bit, but unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know if anybody stepped up and said bad timing, bad timing. But maybe they should have. You mean you you think it's a Charlottesville? You mean yes. I, I don't. Promoting any type of like, like I mean, here's the thing. Did you did you hear what I said on like the SmackDown show? I was like, imagine if I were at that Blue Jays game, mm-hmm. and during the national anthem, I was like, man, fuck Canada. You mean you didn't? No. You didn't? No, I love the place, but still, I like, imagine how weird like that is. And you know, there's a lot like a lot of polarizing reactions involving national anthems in general, which I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Has been all over TrigTent.com, your leader in politics. Nice, nice. But I just thought, I thought it was. I think the whole thing is just played out. We got another one of those you people promos, and it's just yeah. old. So first and foremost, I when I saw it, I did not think of Charlottesville mm-hmm. uh, because to me, Providence, Rhode Island, that's like suggesting that they're all white nationalists, which they're not. So that that's not what I saw. What I thought of, and quite frankly, who I blame for this whole scenario was Vince McMahon. Because for 40 years, Mr. McMahon has programmed his fan base, especially his American audience, to hate non-Americans. And he's programmed that for decades. How many times did we see Hulk Hogan not only beat up Nikolai Volkov or the Iron Sheik, he would tear up their flag, he would shove it down their throat, and the crowd in you know Providence, Rhode Island, was programmed to cheer that. And that's, yeah. what, that's what he's done for 40 years. And so, uh, I mean, I, I, I remember, this just kind of hit me. I remember WrestleMania 9, Yokozuna versus Bret Hart, right? And I'm just going to love this. So one guy's Canadian. The other guy's supposed to be Japanese, even though he's really American. But he's supposed okay. to be Japanese. So you have a Canadian against a uh, Japanese guy. The crowd's, the crowd's chanting USA. Seriously? Yeah, and Bobby Heenan, who was doing commentary, was shitting on the fans, even though he's also American, was shitting on the fans, saying they're idiots because you've got a Canadian guy and a Japanese guy and you're chanting USA. The fans have been programmed by Vince McMahon for 40 years to hate anything non-American. And so the fact that those fans in Providence, Rhode Island, were booing this poor poor old lady that was trying to do this, uh, this Indian song, I think they only did what they've been programmed to do. And they look and the poor and the poor Samoans that have been in the WWE. They have to be versatile. Like yes. Yokozuna had to be Japanese, and Rikishi at one point was was a product of the the Iron Sheik. Like, yeah. and not only that, but they were they like in the eighties. The Wild Samoans were basically told, "I want you to eat raw fish and pick your nose." Mm-hmm. 
And that's what they had to do. They couldn't just be two really tough, big Samoan guys. They had to pick their nose and eat raw fish on television. That's Vince now, McMahon. That's, that's what it is. I want to ask you this. How will the eventual Laurinaitis extended family stack up against the Samoan wrestling family? Because think about this. <laughs> think about this. Yeah. You have Johnny Ace who connects it all. Yes. He's married to the Bella's mothers. Yeah. The Bella's mother, not multiple. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Ace's brother is Road Warrior Animal. That's right. His son is an NFL player. Not was anymore. An NFL player, yep. But, you know, you got Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, and then, of course, they are married to John Cena and Daniel Bryan. That's a couple of high-profile names on the edge there. Then one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. They're getting a good start there, aren't and they? Daniel Bryan, they have a, they have a daughter now. Hey, there you go. So, you never and then, know. I'm sure Cena and Nick, you're probably going to have a kid too. Yeah. Right? But anyway, going back to this uh, this Indian Independence Day thing, I, the person I felt the sorriest for was that lady, quite frankly. I felt horrible for her. Yeah, because she she was clearly, obviously she was booked to be there, but she was trying to do a genuine performance. And she probably didn't know anything about wrestling. And, uh, and whenever they would show a crowd shot, because of course they have to stereotype, right? So when they would show a crowd shot, not, not only would it be a shot of a guy booing, but it would be a guy in a wrestling t-shirt booing mm. uh because you know oh, that's that's those are the ones that are going to boo the the indian guy so i i felt sorry for her i did not con- compare it to charlottesville at all that didn't even cross my mind this was uh, vince mcmahon this is what i programmed these people to dislike uh and i think the, the crowd's reaction would have been the same even if the events of the weekend hadn't have happened providence would have still acted the way they did and oh, of course uh, they would have they yeah. would have. i mean i hope i mean yeah and it's you know it's too bad i mean i i I think Jinder has tried his best, but I just don't think he's the guy. And uh, I think Shinsuke is probably going over at SummerSlam. So, I don't know. I, I wonder if he will because of how Jinder Mahal is scheduled to walk a UFC fighter out to the cage in a few weeks. Does it really matter, though? Does it matter? It could. And they're in it Edmonton could. for that, right? And yeah, and, and, they... and honestly, like Jinder's not... He wasn't asked to do that because he's the Indian WWE champion. He was asked to do that because he's a WWE wrestler from Calgary. Quite for, quite honestly. And yes, I realize the guy who's going to walk to the ring is Indian of Indian descent too. But it's because he's from Calgary. That's why he was asked to do it. That's, yeah. that's just how it is. We got people trolling us saying, You can boo and do whatever you want. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
on and act however you want at shows, yeah, and we can react however we want on sure. I mean, the I'm not there as well. That's that's kind of the point. I'm not condemning stuff. I'm not condemning the fans for booing at all. You know, I again, I'm look, I'm looking at Vince McMahon for 40 years has told his audience, if you're not American, you're a bad guy, and for yeah. 40 years, that's what he's told. Even if you're from Canada. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously there were some exceptions. There were some exceptions, like Bret Hart was a babyface for most of his run. But at the same time, it's not like for most of his run they had Bret out there wearing a leaf on his T-shirt, right? Like they, they tried to scale back on the fact he was Canadian to the best of their ability most of the time. So, uh, whatever. You told what do you me... Think? There was one thing that I'm sure isn't on your list, but... Yeah. What did you think of Alexa Bliss's chair on Raw? <laughs> so... The first thing I thought of, and I'm, I'm going really old school with this one, Sean. Do you remember Saturday event and the winner got Elizabeth? Is that? Oh. Yeah. So Elizabeth for that match Saturday. The very first thing I thought of, uh, I mean, whatever. I didn't really care one way or the other. If anything, I found it more funny that I saw a picture of Aaron Judge, who's a player for the Yankees, uh, and Nigel, if you're not familiar, Aaron Judge is like six seven. Okay. And what they did was they brought him a WWE belt. It's something WWE does in order to get uh, mainstream media attention. Okay. And they made sure, wisely, to send two of their biggest guys because Aaron Judge is so tall. So they sent Braun Strowman, who's like six ten or six eight, six nine, and they sent Big Cass, who's seven feet tall. But because clearly they <laughs> were because clearly they were sending people from the Raw brand. Yeah. Uh, and Alexa is the women's champion. They sent Alexa as well, and Alexa's like five feet one. <laughs> and so there is the picture. You, did you see the picture, Sean? Yeah, I got to say that I, I thought it was very clever that they put the number five and then Feet of Fury as her last name. And then they put Big Cass on the back of the jersey with the number seven and then an FT right. next to it. Clever. Right. right. But she looked like, I mean, they looked like bookends, you know, with, with, with poor little Alexa State on there between them. But uh, so before we went on the air today, you said that you there was a certain thing that you wanted to get my opinion on. You said I, I can't wait to get your thoughts on a specific thing. What was that? I can't remember. Did we talk about it? Let money, me see. money in the bank, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to set you up for you saying that Alexa Bliss looked like a lifeguard, and I was going to say, well, when Nia Jax is out there trying to sink or swim, she usually drowns. Ah, uh, that's so clever. That's you so didn't clever. Even, you didn't even let me. I didn't take it. I didn't because I was thinking Elizabeth. Oh. That's why. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go yeah, for this, it. Yeah, this money in the bank cash in. Well, a lot of people are upset, which far more people seem to have given a shit about Baron Corbin today than they did one week. They're ago. upset because he lost the cash in. Oh, there are so many people. Are you even kidding? Alex was upset. Alex what? Was upset. I had. I had to have a talk with Alex. Like I was like, he said, "Okay, okay." He said, "You mean the worst thing that ever happened?" And I said, "That's a very Goldbergian uh, jump because no, it's not. It okay. is not. I mean, this is the fastest WWE title match of all time. Though. Is it five point seven four seconds? It beat um, Nash Diesel and Bob Backlund. Really, really yep. interesting. Okay, uh, but it wasn't a title change, so that's a difference, right? Sure. So um, okay. What did I tell you about Baron Corbin, my thoughts on him when he was brought to the main roster? What did I tell you? I can't remember back that far. It's been like a year. That I Over a year. That I didn't see money in him. Mm-hmm. I didn't see money in him. I didn't see main event in him. I didn't, I didn't understand why they'd be pushing him. Yes, he's tall, so what? He has nothing else going for him. And that was my opinion then, and that's my opinion now. However, I want to hold judgment on WWE's booking until after SummerSlam. 
And the reason I want to hold judgment is because in my opinion, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, in my opinion, a victory clean over John Cena at this point in time is is as valuable, if not more so, than having the title, in my opinion. And so if Corbin, sure, he, he cashed in the money bank and he lost in six seconds because of Cena's uh, interference or whatever. If he beats Cena clean at SummerSlam, causing Cena to then go to the Rob brand for, for a few weeks or whatever, then who cares? Because, oh, yeah. right? Getting John Cena off of the SmackDown brand with a clean win means right? a lot more than beating Jinder Mahal. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that the perception of the fans, because let's be honest, yes, Jinder Mahal is the champion. I think most fans still look at him as a bum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they booked him that way too, but I think they look they still look at him as a bum. But you can still look back to guys like Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens from going in there on his first night on the main roster and pinning John Cena elevated Kevin Owens. Yeah. And whether he had the title or not didn't matter. And I think again, if Baron Corbin pins John Cena and then if John Cena disappears from the SmackDown brand, that's going to elevate him whether he's the champion or not. So I didn't care that he uh, he didn't cash in. There were so many people that are like, well, what's the point then? What every single one of these needs to have the same ending? Like, right? That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So every single Money in the Bank winner needs to right to win. No, they don't. I think there's only this... been two now, right? Because Cena was the other one, wasn't he? Cena, Sandow, and Corbin. Oh, Sandow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And like, I I don't see it as an issue. Like, no. people are acting like the whole pay per view like didn't matter because he didn't win. What? No. It's story development. Maybe this will give Baron Corbin the edge that he needs. Maybe, maybe all of a sudden Baron Corbin goes on a spree because of this. Maybe Baron Corbin turns that corner and does something very special because now he doesn't have this briefcase and it gives his character that new edge. That might be the case. Like saying, what's the point? Like, I mean, you know what? I don't if, know. if Corbin loses to Cena at SummerSlam, then I'll question the booking. Mm-hmm. Although, again, like I said, I just don't see money in Baron Corbin, and I never have. And if he loses to Cena, maybe WWE has changed their mind on him, and maybe that ship has sailed. But my 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 belief, when I saw that he got beat by Jinder due to Cena's interference, I just assume he's going to beat Cena. And that's going to be his big uh, his big receipt off of that. So, And we got people saying, did they take Corbin out of the title picture because they don't know how to fit him with the direction? My God. Like, we don't know if he's out of the title picture. It's right. been, like... 15, 16 hours. Yeah, and, and so long as Ginger's the champion, he's not going to be a contender anyway. Right? Because yeah. they're not going to do heel on heel. Nobody's going to pay to watch that. So it doesn't make a difference. Although I, I love the reaction. My my immediate reaction was to laugh maniacally. Oh, really? Just, that part of me, I was like, damn, they went there. Yeah, yeah, But I yeah. think, I, now I'll even, if even if Corbin loses on Sunday, I'll wait to see how... He how they portray him the next couple of weeks on SmackDown. Right. It's not always a punishment, you guys. There, there, there's more to these stories than than meets the eye. And I had somebody saying it's because he argued with Dave Meltzer. That doesn't have a damn thing to do with it. They don't give a damn if no. somebody argues with Dave Meltzer. And if so, there would be a hell of a lot of people who didn't get pushes. Yeah, it's nothing but, to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. Uh, Nigel, let's go to Stupid People because I have a phenomenal one for Sean this week. Awesome. One of the best ones ever. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Okay, I'm going to save the best one for last, and you're going to love it because I just know you will. So uh, 
First and foremost, uh, credit to Trevor Strong for the song, the stupid song. Go to trevorstrong.org to check out his work. Uh, let's go to the first one here. Reported on August 14th by the Orlando Sentinel, a couple transporting a barbecue grill were injured. Nigel's laughing already, and I just started. Uh. A couple transporting a barbecue grill were injured after their rental SUV exploded. The wife was trying to light a cigarette, and the grill was turned on with a propane tank open and connected. Both people were burned, but the injuries are not life-threatening. How do you load up the grill with it on? And not know. And, and, and escape, like, unharmed yeah. to well, begin with. I guess because they were driving, so a lot of the gas would have escaped, right? Did they die? No. No. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Burned, but not life-threatening. Dumb, but not. But that, that's good that they they lived. Yeah. Oh my, I, I just don't. I don't get that. Like I'm. Yeah. Ooh. Let's move on. So uh, the next one, uh, ironically, this is also Florida because the first one was Orlando. So I don't know what that might say, but it was reported uh, August fifteenth by the Associated Press that a Florida man was sentenced to six years and five months in prison for accidentally shooting a gun while taking a selfie in a strip club bathroom. Par for the course. You see this all the time. People all posing the time. for their all the posing with guns and stuff, and you see them go off like really. Yeah. Oh yeah. There are tons of videos. Like not in strip clubs. Like first yeah. off, how's he getting a gun into the strip club anyway? Uh, that's a good question. But there, there, there's there's a little twist to this, and the reason that he was given six years. So a guy's 34 years old. His name is Roran Sorn. And he had prior felony convictions for burglary and attempted first-degree murder. And so this time around, he pled guilty to possessing a firearm as a convicted felon. That's why he got six years. Yeah, I can't wait to go to Orlando in a month. <laughs> yeah. I told you the in-laws live there. You think that, you think that somebody's going to have a gun at Harry Potter World when I take my wife? Uh, I think you'll be okay. But you know what? There is something i got to worry that... about those damn wands. There is something that I've only seen. There's a phenomenon that I've only ever seen in Orlando. And that is drive-by panhandlers. Ooh, what? Yes. I was at a gas station with my father-in-law, and uh, he was pumping gas at the pump, and a guy in a car drove up and asked for change. Yep. I saw it with my own eyes. Yep. Okay, this last one, Sean. This might be the best one ever. Oh, boy. Yeah, I bet it is. It was reported on August 10th by the Morocco World News... Not to be dis, uh, confused with the magnificent Morocco, yeah. but the Morocco World News reported, I can't believe I'm going to read this, but this really happened. 15 teenagers, 15, all right, had to be treated for rabies after sexually assaulting a donkey. No. Yes. They had to spend a week in hospital getting treatment with vaccinations. And here's the kicker, Sean. Here's the kicker. Local authorities made the owner of the donkey kill it to avoid further risk of spreading the disease. Where do we even start? You filthy sons of bitches. Yeah. So that means so that local authorities... banged a donkey. And local they gang banged a donkey? The game, they gang banged a donkey, and local authorities were concerned if somebody else tries to fuck the donkey, then they might get rabies too. So, so the donkey is the problem. The, so the yes. donkey is the issue. And the donkey was the victim. They killed the donkey. Yeah, there the, the teenagers. Ma- Nigel's laughing. The teenagers didn't kill the donkey. Local authorities made the owner kill the donkey. 
I think there's some major political euphemism lost in this somewhere. The fact that this donkey got gang raped. He did. Donkey got gang raped. Yeah. And then they killed the donkey. They killed the donkey. Hold on, Jimmy. Let's just. Nigel's about to lose his shit. Nigel's about to lose his shit. (laughs) They couldn't help themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what happens if you walk out into your office after this, and you just hear some murmurs? Hey, we we getting that donkey this week? Yeah, how about that donkey? What's up? I think I could. I I, ordered donkey. I can think of certain faces and certain names right now, and I could probably tell you who that would be. But uh, but first off, I want to know how you coordinate a donkey gangbang. Well, that's why there was fifteen of them because somebody's got to hold the donkey down, right? Fifteen, I know, but that's the thing. How do you coordinate it? How do you find fifteen other disgusting errand boys? That think that gangbanging a donkey is the good thing to do. Were they all males? That they, they didn't report that. I assume they probably were. But the, the only thing I can think of is maybe they don't have Tinder in Morocco. Oh, man. Nigel, have I told you this week I love having you in the room? I love having you in the room, man. He's sitting at his desk, like, busting a gut. Sitting, sitting over in front of his computer there. It's awesome. But yeah, man, that's what happened. That one needs some special attention. Yep. And when I saw it, because I've learned with you, Sean, that to get the best reaction out of you, it's got to be something to do with penises, uh, or or like some kind of sexual sexual you know activity, and then that will get the biggest reaction. So yeah, that's what happened. Just disgusting errand boys. Yep. You let's uh, disgust me. Let's go to a Twitter question that we have this week. So a gentleman named Simon at si nineteen twenty seven. Said, can you guys discuss Adam Cole to WWE and what you guys would do? Um, now, before I, you can answer first, but before you answer, I want to say this because I don't know why I've, I've watched a bunch of Adam Cole stuff. He reminds me of like the offspring of CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because he's got elements of both of them, and that's who he reminds me of: CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler. Now, not to negate his in-ring ability or how well he's over or anything like that, but I mentioned this on the SmackDown show. When he takes that picture with Triple H, you're going to see that he's not the 5'10", 210 pounds he's billed to be. Right. That's just not the case. If that will affect him, I don't know. Right. He is a very charismatic dude. Well, I don't say very charismatic. Pretty charismatic dude. I think he, he can is. get it done in the ring. Yeah. I would do the Ring of Honor like stable. I'd put him with Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. That's what I would do. See if one of them can one or a few of them can really emerge out of that and see see how it goes. Almost I mean, like the radicals. Otherwise, otherwise some of those guys might get lost in the shuffle. So let me ask you this question. Uh, so let me give you my opinion first. So I think you and I both know that personality trumps in-ring ability in WWE, right? And that's a fact. And, and it could be argued that look trumps them all with Vince McMahon and with Triple H. Uh, but personality trumps in-ring ability. And so when I look at the, the, the latest crop of NXT signees, including the guys you mentioned, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly even Bobby Roode to a degree, uh, even Eric Young, Drew McIntyre. To me, Adam Cole has the best shot of all those guys of making it on the main roster because he's got a presence about him, I think, mm-hmm. that the other guys don't. And he's got personality about him that they don't. Uh, I think his size is going to hinder him. But uh, he just, like I said, he reminds me, in terms of personality, he reminds me a lot of CM Punk. Let me ask you this question. 
the last shot neckbreaker. Are they going to let him do that? It's a dangerous looking move to me. Yeah, they'll, they'll he'll probably get something else. Uh, I mean, he used a, a reverse DDT for a while too. I don't know if anybody else is doing that these days. Yeah. There are a lot of moves that I think like need to be brought back. Yeah, like there's a not, there's a lot we need to reintroduce into the the thing. Like I agree, curb stomp, hundred percent. The curb stomp, yeah, poor 100%. Seth Rollins has suffered so much for that from yep. that. And everybody took it so safely. I mean, they'd be two feet off the mat when he was doing it. You know what I mean? Like, everybody took it safe. Like, yeah, but, and just name it something else. But yeah. you, they're going to tell me that that's because they're afraid kids will do it or something? No, there's a lot of other moves that I'm more worried about than that. Absolutely. Adam yeah. Cole, I think that uh, if Bobby Fish and Bear and Kyle O'Reilly end up on the main roster as a team, they stand a decent chance, but you never know. I think Kyle O'Reilly is one of those guys who can get just make his name in the ring. Yeah, Adam Cole stands a decent chance. It just depends because, Jimmy, you know we've seen it a million times. No matter how good somebody is in the ring, there's always that, yeah, but look how small he is guy. Like, Well, that's why what he needs to do is he needs to win over the crowd. And, and obviously there's only so much he can do because if Vincent Hunter decide not to go with him, then they're not going to go with him. But I look at a Daniel Bryan, and I don't even look at CM Punk because Punk is a lot bigger than Adam Cole. Like, Punk is a bigger guy than a lot of people realize. But uh, Daniel Bryan is about his size. And so well, I when, look, he's, when he's trying to be, especially. But right now, CM Punk fights at 170 pounds. I know that. But in, in yeah. wrestling terms, he was a bigger guy. And he's also like 6'1". But uh, Daniel Bryan is about Cole's size, more or less. Uh, maybe even a little thicker than, than Cole. But uh, I look at it like Daniel Bryan was able to win over the crowd. And you can argue, oh, they just wanted to do the yes chant, which, you know, is possible. But he got over. If Cole can win the crowd, I think he'll do all right. I think that the other guys, uh, O'Reilly and Fish and those guys, will have more trouble doing that, I think, even though they're, they're good in the ring. Yeah, and size will always be an obstacle because there are always those idiots out there that – Oh, but you gotta look big. You gotta look like a star. I mean, I had <laughs> I had a discussion with Disco Inferno. And I'm not calling him an idiot or anything, but we were like Bruce Pritchard said that once upon a time Triple H said Kurt Angle was too small. Did That's, he? Yes, that was. Like, I mean, Kurt, was, Kurt wasn't enormous was, either. He wasn't a yeah, big guy. Yeah, Triple H. That was his way of rationalizing not losing to him and not having Kurt kiss his wife, but. I was like, Disco, you were billed as six foot one, two hundred and thirty eight pounds, and they put you in the cruiserweight division. Right, right, right. That's true. So uh, Brandon Howard uh, had a report up on Fightful this week that got attention. Uh, per usual, per usual, because Brandon is great at what he does. WWE Network is coming to China, mm-hmm. and when I saw the numbers behind this deal, I thought to myself, they're really banking on that population. Like, they're really banking on, on trying to make a go of this because – have you seen the numbers behind this deal and how this deal structured? Not exactly. I mean, I, I saw his report. So basically what's going to happen is there's an app in China called the PPTV app. And currently that's where Raw and SmackDown are broadcast is on this app. They're going to be putting content from the network on the app as well, like the pay-per-views in NXT and 205 Live. They're going to be charging uh, $450 U.S. dollars, $4.50 a month or $30 U.S. a month. Uh, I'm sorry, $450 a month or $30 a year to access the network content on the app. And you might think $450 and think, oh, that's not a lot of money. WWE is then doing a rev share of that, that $450 with the app, with PPTV, meaning WWE might make a, two bucks and a quarter on that. 
So obviously they are banking on uh, the population. And we know how tough it is, man. We'll see what happens. I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot about India since, uh, since they put gender over. And when you look at China, much like India, they've tried to recruit Chinese wrestlers, much like they've, they've recruited Indian yeah, wrestlers. they sure have. But there's nobody ready. I mean, I think the only guy, the guy closest has been Wang, or what's his name now, Tian Bing? Yeah. Right? But he he's, nowhere, he's nowhere ready. Nowhere Never. ready. So, you know? Yeah, and... Shane McMahon found out firsthand how hard it is to try to break into video on demand, pay-per-view, whatever it is he, he tried to do in China. Yes, he did, and not it did not go well for Shane McMahon. All right, so, I guess you could say they're trying to make a bang in China, right? Kind of like Diamond Dallas Page makes a bang here on the list, and your boy, Nigel! Your aid in uh, Scott Hall and Jake Roberts is well publicized. Did you get ever any type of reception or reaction from Vince McMahon or Triple H themselves about how that unfolded? Um, I told Triple H, literally, Jake had been living with me two months when I came in to do, I believe it was the second, I'm not sure second or the third, Best of Nitro. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the second, but it might have been the third. I think it was the second. And uh, yeah, it was the second. Second Best of Nitro. And Paul and I, are, are we, we've been buddies. Like, he, we broke in the power plant together. I was 35. I was, by well, the time he got there, I was 36. He was 22. You know, and we were really close friends. And uh, Terry Taylor worked with us all the time. And um, then he left for New York. And when he left for New York, I called up Kevin Nash. And Nash has been my brother since, you know, back when we were tag team partners. And uh, I called him up and, you know, he's running with, of course, you know, Scott and Kid and uh, Sean. And none of those guys should be driving. (laughs) <laughs> you know, in that quartet. So I, I told him about Paul. And I said, he's a great kid. Might want to take him, take him under your wing. He don't drink. He don't do drugs. He don't do pills. Man, he'd be great to have in your crew. Man. <laughs> and look what happened with him, you know. But, uh, you know, Kev did take him under his wing, you know. And uh, so did Scott. So, um, you know, for Triple H, you know, being down there and you know, being in there, I wanted him to know about Jake. I wanted him to know that Jake was coming in. And I said, listen, bro, I know this sounds crazy. Like, but I tell you, there's something different with Jake. And I think maybe, you know, maybe this, he, he might. I know I'm throwing, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to do it. I mean, I backed out of it as I was saying he could possibly do it like five times, you know, because I'm not going to nail myself. Oh, yeah, he's going to get his shit together. Like, you know, why would I think that? Now, there's no Scott Hall at the time, just Jake, you know. And then it came down to that WrestleMania and, you know, Hall of Fame. I wanted to bring Jake with me. And you got to remember, Jake was kind of like banished from the WWE for a long time because Jake said a lot of things, you know, he probably shouldn't have said, (laughs) not probably, he shouldn't have said, but he did. And he didn't just like blow, you know, 
burn the bridge. He nuclear blew it up. So when I told Mark Carano, hey, man, I, I think I'm going to bring Jake with me to the Hall of Fame. He was, ah, that Dahlia on that for a minute. And, uh, you know, they, they had to, to, to really be, be brought back into the fold. And if it's, a, if it's a, a problem with drugs or booze or whatever it is, the thing with WWE is they like you to be straight for a year. You know, they want to they wanna know, like, this is real, or at least it's a really good attempt, you know? And uh, I, it was so weird. I was doing uh, some PR for DDP Yoga somewhere in, uh, in L.A., and Paul was at the same – we were in the same building at the same time, and it must have been one of those places that had, like, 30 radio stations. And he grabbed me, hugged me, sat me down, and he told me, you know, D, not not the timing to bring Jake to the you know, Hall of Fame. Not the timing. Now, he goes, you know how I feel. And then by that time, Scott's in, too, you know. He's staying with me, too. And uh, he's like, you know how I feel about both those guys. Like, he put Jake and Scott up on a pedestal. You know, like, these guys can go. And he would look to them, you know, for – you know, learning everything, you know, and uh, he said, you know, how I feel about them. And, you know, how I feel both those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. So I know at that point he was thinking he never said it to me, but I know he was thinking, you know, these guys can stay sober, you know, and you can really help them, you know, maybe, you know, down the road. And he didn't say it, but he let me feel it like, you know, like they're not banished forever. You know, and he's going to do everything he could to help him out. And, you know, then when they did that old school Raw, where they brought me in and they let me do a commercial in the back with, you know, for DDP Yoga with Booker T and, and Ron Simmons and let me do whatever I wanted to do. Like Paul's like, pull that foot over your head, man. He goes, that's always impressive as hell. He goes, have fun with it. And then they were sneaking Jake in that night and nobody knew it. And now Jake walks out looking like a million bucks, where before he looked like death. I don't know if you've seen some of the before and after, but they're seriously dramatic. And uh, so all those things that WWE was doing for me and for Jake, you know, so yes, they acknowledged it without coming out and acknowledging it. But I would much rather have it done the way they did it, because it was... It was amazing, man. It was it was just such an amazing ride. DDP's an A plus dude. You know what? We've talked about it before, but those transformations with uh, Hall and Jake were amazing. You know, when you look at Hall was in a wheelchair, he was you know killing himself with alcohol. Jake, you remember Beyond the Mat? That was from like what twenty years ago. He was already in that yeah. shape. It's an amazing transformation. And I went back when I saw that that. Page clip. I went back and I watched the old school Raw clip when Jake got in the ring with the Shield, and uh, Dean Ambrose. He didn't take a DDT, but he was laying on the mat with the snake on him, and he was hiding the shit a... on him. What's that? Did the it? That sh- yeah, the snake shit on him. I don't Go know if I ever heard that. It. Oh, really? CM Punk is lat like he's he's even smiling because like everybody in the ring is like the snake shit on him. Really? Yeah. Really? Interesting. I uh, I want to tell you another quick Andre the Giant story. Okay. Nigel's already laughing. 
So, so last week I told the story about the mudslide, and I got uh, quite a bit of positive reaction, even within the office, about that story. I have one other story that Hacksaw Jim Duggan had told me about Andre, uh, called the Giant Juice. Have you ever heard this story? Oh no! What? So back in those days, so so when Hacksaw and Andre were having their uh, program, this was probably eighty seven, eighty eight. They were main eventing one of the tours because you know back then they were in like three tours, right? And yes. Duggan and Andre were main eventing one. At that time, Andre was in a lot of pain from acromegaly. Uh, he was medicating himself with alcohol. He was always moody. And this is coming from Jim. This is this were Jim's words. Andre, at that time of his, of his life, personal hygiene was not top priority mm-hmm. with Andre the Giant at that time of his life. And let's put it like this, Sean. Making sure that his ring gear was washed show to show was not top priority for Andre the Giant at that time. And this is Jim telling the story. They always did a spot where Andre would get Jim in like a headlock and he would take the the strap from a singlet and he would wrap it around Jim's throat, right, and choke him. And what Andre liked to do, because Andre even at that at that time of his life was still, he had a lot of power. He was like the, the mafioso, mafioso leader in the locker room. And even, yeah. if, even if certain guys might have been tougher by that point, they're not going to touch him. So what Andre used to do is instead of putting the strap around Jim's throat, he would wrap it across his mouth, right? And as Jim would put it, because Andre wouldn't wash his gear after every show, Jim would end up with a mouthful of what he called giant juice yeah. from having the strap wrapped oh. across his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and that was one of the stories Jim told me. He told me about the giant juice. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel, yeah. Nigel also reacted the way you did on that. That was pretty awesome. I want to talk uh, before we wrap up. I want to talk a little bit of Global Force news. They uh, just reached one billion YouTube clicks. Clicks? Is that it? What views? Whatever views? Okay, but that's across everything, right? In their across history, impact. Impact TNA. Right, right, which which doesn't really mean a lot. Good for them. No, so uh, a few things came out. So first off, they have stripped Alberto of the title. Uh, they have a live show coming on uh, August 17th, Destination X, and apparently they have another major announcement because Impact has major announcements on a weekly basis. So they have a major announcement about the title. They signed Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, whatever. Uh, and Angelina Love asked for her release and was granted it. And, Angelina uh, Love thing isn't a surprise, considering no. Davey. And I, yeah, well, they're I, they're no longer together. I don't think. Really? Yeah, no, I don't think they're together anymore. And I, I chatted briefly with Angelina uh, a few days ago just to see how she's doing because I heard that she was spending time. She's from Canada, uh, a city called Cambridge, Ontario, and her family still lives there. And uh, I heard she was spending some time up there with her son. And I hit her up and chatted a little bit, see how she's doing. No, I, I think they split, and I think that uh, I remember seeing Davey changed his uh, his Twitter to uh, single father, if I remember right. Ooh. So yeah, because they weren't married; they were never married, or were they married? They were married. Okay, I think they split. I think they did. I didn't ask her about it, and she didn't say anything about it. I just remember Davey's Twitter said single father, if I remember right. You're looking it up right now, right? Yeah, it just says father. Okay. 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 I thought I saw a single father at one point, unless things have changed. Maybe things have changed. Well, I'm I'm not surprised. Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, all those girls go in and out of that damn company. Like 
when when Velvet Sky retired or didn't retire, actually, yeah, I posted a screenshot of like I think it was five different TNA clips that said Velvet Sky returns, and I'm like, fool me once, remember, guys. Yeah, fool me once. Yeah, but you know what? I I I haven't known Lauren in a lot of years. I used to know her back when she was starting out in the business. Uh, and I haven't really known her in a lot of years, but the, the girl that I knew back then was a, a good girl, a good head on her shoulders. I hear she wants to go to nursing school now. So I think she's, her. I think she's looking at life past wrestling at this point. I mean, she's in her mid to late thirties. She's got a son. So good for her, man. She got into wrestling. She, it was a dream, got into wrestling. Now it looks like she's transitioning to a post wrestling life. And, uh, yeah. As a woman to be able to get out of wrestling 17 years in at 36, almost. Right. Pretty good career. Uh, she was a part of one of the best eras of women's wrestling before this current WWE era, mm-hmm. I, I think, because TNA's knockouts were something to watch back then. As for uh, El Patron, he claims it was his idea. Right. Whatever. All these announcements. And annou- we'll, we'll see about announcements. Right. But I remember one time they touted a big one, and it was Dixie Carter talking into a camera going, we are thrilled to announce that we are going to be on Sony 6 in India. And I was like, oh. Woo! <laughs> whatever. Well, whatever. Uh, you know, I'll give you a little piece of trivia. Not really trivia, but a little thing about Angelina as well. Is back when I used to book independent shows, uh, and she was kind of, she started hitting the gym. She was getting into better shape. She wanted to turn heel because she had been a little babyface manager when she started out. I paired her up with a guy who went on to become Cody Deaner oh, wow. at the time. Yeah, Cody Deaner, who was really put in a crap position with that gimmick. He's still wrestling to this day as Cody Deaner. So here's a fun story that Davari once told me. And I, I'm supposed to talk to Davari again soon. We may actually have the segments with him and maybe uh, Mr. Kennedy on this show soon, hopefully, if we can schedule it. But I talked to Davari for the Muhammad Hassan piece. And one of the things I talked to him about was the Feaster Fire, the TNA mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And he said a lot of that was a shoot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, a lot of company, or a lot of guys got really mad at it. Like Chavo Guerrero threatened to take them to court for it. But when he was put in the match and they were like, oh, we don't know. You, you don't know which one you're going to be. Mm-hmm. He was like, all right, screw you guys. I'll just quit if it'll save Cody Deaner's job. So he quit and then they fired Cody Deaner anyway. Ah. Uh, yeah. Do you remember when Daniel Bryan uh, was eliminated from the NXT competition and he cut a promo and called himself Bryan Danielson? Yes, I do. Because he had the same mentality. He's like, if they're going to fire me anyway, I'm going to I'm going to put my real name over on television. Yeah. Before I got fired, right? So, interesting stuff, man. Bullet Club pushing hard for him and CM Punk. Pushing real hard. We'll see. I think that if if a CM Punk and a Daniel Bryan made that transition to ROH slash New Japan. It's not, I don't say a game changer, mm-hmm. but boy, there there will be no more debate about number two in America anymore. What little debate there may be, I think that's out the window if they can land one, if not both, of those guys. I think it already is. Yeah. I mean, Ring of Honor does more shows than Global Force, do they not? They do. Uh, they sell tickets. Yeah. They, they're syndicated numbers, what limited ones I can get. Right seem to be either on par if not better right you saw how the reaction to new japan g1 yep. that was one of our most visited live discussions of the year was right. the g1 uh special so yeah pretty pretty impressive yeah pretty I impressive. agree 
I agree. That's all I got this week, man. That's all you got. That's man. it. That's it. So as we go into SummerSlam NXT weekend, what are you most looking forward to out of this? Um, to be honest with you, NXT is uh, – I find it's uh, – I'm becoming disenchanted with it a little bit. Uh, I, I find that the interest level is not what it once was. I find that the buzz around it isn't what it once was. Uh, I love Bobby Roode, but um, I don't know if he's getting it done, if I'm being quite frank. So uh, I'm probably most looking forward to, I think, the potential uh, Braun Brock confrontation. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what I'm most looking forward to is that confrontation. And uh, I want to see if Shinsuke wins the title. I've, I've thought so much of Shinsuke for so long, and I think this is his time. Uh, so let's see if he wins the title. But I think Brock and Braun, I, I want to see uh, Brock wrap his, arm, wrap his arms around that guy and toss him over his shoulder. I can't wait for that match. It's mm-hmm. one of my more anticipated world title matches in recent memory. Yeah. I'm actually excited for the Hideo Itami Alistair Black match because I've okay. never looked forward to a Hideo Itami match <laughs> since since he's gotten there. I've Alistair Black is something else, isn't he? Alistair Black is special, I yes, think. Yes, yes, yeah. So there's there's some some moments that I'm looking forward to on this. But, uh, guys, Fightful.com is the place to be. Go use our forum. Sign up for that contest. We're going to be doing a lot more as well. I think it'd be cool. Uh, I think between myself and Jimmy, we have enough stuff to give away that we can pretty much have a contest going fairly almost all the time. So I have, like, five of those Ric Flair Defining Moments figures. Uh, I so. saw some of them when I did the – the video blog about Canada, which you all should check out. Okay, those were, as you called it, my mark, my, my little mark center. But uh, <laughs> I never seriously call anybody a mark. Though. I know, I, I know, I know. But no, those aren't the ones I'm giving away. They're at home. But I have, I have a bunch of the Ric Flair ones. So we'll do the one for this SummerSlam contest, and then we'll figure out some other contests for the rest. Also worth checking out, guys. Brandon Howard's feature on New Japan and their attendance, as well as Carlos Torres' Fightful Boxing Newsletter that drops every Thursday morning. Some topics on the forum right now. Is Ziggler a heel again? WWE 2K18 update. Wow, WWE. Just wow. (laughs) And threads on the TakeOver and SummerSlam main event results. Definitely go check that out, guys. Follow Jimmy Van at JimmyVan74, me at Sean Rossap, and us at Fightful Online cross-platform. We have the NXT conference call highlights up there. Jimmy, before we go, there's not really much to talk about. Mm. The same answer to every question was, it's possible, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. possible, it's possible. The one thing he mentioned, two things he mentioned that that I think are worth us talking about, at least albeit briefly, Vince McMahon will ask him how an NXT talent is doing and when he can get a hold of them. Mm And he says that the interest in the Cruiserweight Classic waned over time. Mm-hmm. So they're trying this binge format with May Young Classic. What are your thoughts on those two? Uh, quite honestly, I'm impressed that Vince Man would ask as opposed to telling him. That, that impresses me because we've heard how NXT is Hunter's project. Uh, but it's still ultimately WWE, and it's ultimately Vince McMahon. So I'm, I'm surprised that Vince wouldn't just tell Hunter, by the way, I'm taking this guy next week, and that guy's going yeah. to SmackDown. And if it's true what Hunter's saying, that he asks, that's impressive. The Cruiserweight thing, I can understand that. I mean, we've heard that uh, 205 Live is you know losing interest as well. So trying it this way, I'm all for it. I, I think that they're going to have a bit of a harder, trub- harder time with the women anyway, I think, compared to the Cruiserweights. 
So uh, doing it in a condensed, condensed version, I'm all for it. And obviously, it's probably going to lead to four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. That's what it looks like. So uh, that's, that looks like that's going to be the end game. I think next time that Triple H has a conference call, I'll try to set up a live stream for that through through Wirecast and the like. Because I don't think anybody else is doing that. People post the audio, but not the live stream. Right, for sure. But we'll, def- we'll definitely get that up for you all at some point. That's it. Join us Saturday and Sunday for NXT and SummerSlam coverage. And don't forget the big Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather fight. Fightful.com is the place to be. We've been doing crossover coverage every single day. This isn't like, oh, well, this big fight's happening, so we better do it now. (laughs) That's us every single day for the last 13 and a half months. That's what we specialize in. So you're not going to get better coverage anywhere than Fightful.com. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.